we don't do it often enough. And, and this subject comes up pretty regular because Paul said as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. So I'm like, why don't we do it a lot? But but it just kind of loses its strength and it's the, the, the edge gets off of it if we do it too often. And so we want it to be something very, 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 very special. That's how that was delivered to us. That's what it sounds like. I don't know how often they did it in the Bible. I don't know. Uh, but a lot of people do it, you know, monthly, and some do it quarterly. And, but we do it basically once. Once in a while, we actually do a communion at other times. But we'll be doing that in a little while. But I'm going to let you be seated just a moment because I just feel like I need to, I need to point towards some things and bring out some things that we have talked about, Pastor, Sister Melissa, my wife, and Sister Debbie and a few others, some elders. Uh, there is a, our movement, our organization uh, has a growth strategy. Uh, the reason for that is, uh, you know, we're supposed to be growing. That, that's, that's just part of it. It's supposed to be. Jesus brought that out pretty clear. We, it seems like that, that it's easy just to get our little group around us and, and get comfortable and then just not worry. If anybody wants to come to church, they just come on to church like, like I did. And get, but but uh, that's not what Scripture says. The Bible tells us to go out. And that, and in fact, it, it wouldn't be popular in our, in our uh, society, but go out and compel them to come in. <laughs> and so that's the language of the Scripture. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. And I know we do send money to missionaries, and we have missionaries by here that goes to different parts of the world. And our our organization has missionaries in almost whether every country that will allow us in the countries around the world. We're there, and uh, sometimes we don't make a scratch on the need, but but at least we're doing that. All right, and so it's going out from where we are, or either supporting somebody else to go out and helping them. And, and so that's throughout the scripture. Amen. But in John 4, uh, Jesus said, the fields are white and ready to harvest. We have to get a mindset. And we're going we're gonna to have our planning session in January like we always do. And I like to do it a little earlier. But I, I, I would, next week I'll be meeting the district board and uh, helping to run the district and get the calendar going and no telling whatever the other kind of business we'll be doing uh, next all next week starting Monday. And so, but, but Bishop Wright did talk about this growth strategy thing. And so I'm, I, I've not talked to him yet other than just by emails, but I'm, I'm ready to tell him, Bishop, we're, our church, we're at the place right now we didn't do a lot of Bible studies. Some of you teach Bible studies, uh, do outreach. Some of you do outreach. I'm thanking God for that. But, but I think we need to put extra little oomph in that. It's always a, it's always a, uh, it's a volunteer thing. I understand that we, you know, God don't have a drafting system here. We don't draft you in. We don't force you. It's, it's all volunteer. But we're hoping people will be inspired in this church and say, you know what, God saved me. And I'm going to play some kind of a role, some kind of a part uh, in this outreach because we have to reach people that are lost in the world. But, but he said the, 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 the fields are white, all ready to harvest. Jesus was saying that he owned down in another scripture, he said the laborers are few, the, the harvest is ready. Uh, but I think down in Matthew he said, but the laborers are few. So that's us. We, we, we don't have too many people saying, oh, I want to go on visitation and pass out tracts. Oh, let me teach a Bible study. We have some, okay, and that's good. Amen. But, but, but you know, the harvest is white. What, what does it mean by a white harvest? I've read this for years and never even thought about it until just lately. But, but you know, because wheat is what he was talking about, and wheat, you know, is not white at any point any point it's green and it turns brown and it turns kind of a golden yellow in color and but of course then the kernels are inside of all of that and they turn golden red or amber after a while so so there's no white about it but when Jesus said look on the fields they are white what he was really speaking of was the frost it had already in other words he was saying it's already past summer and past autumn and we're in the winter time now 
there's a frost on the field. In other words, what that what Jesus was saying to his people is it's late. In fact, we've got to get that harvest in because I see a white harvest out there. We can't wait around on this. There is a sense of urgency, amen, that we have to get. At. This is what we have to get. I'm going to preach it to you and teach it to you. And uh, we have, we've not done our, all of our work that we need to do yet to get it organized, but, but we're talking about uh, not having kids' church. Some of you will just be cheering in a moment about that until maybe like once a quarter maybe. We hadn't settled on that yet, but our planning session, again, all of that will be settled uh, in January, and you, you, can, you can know what we're about to do here. But our Wednesday nights are going to be really interesting, and I want to miss this. Some of you that don't get out here, I don't know whether it's work or whatever it is, uh, you know, but, but, but I, you're going to want to make a special effort to be out here on Wednesday nights because we'll have split sessions, start out with two, one in here and one in there. There are some subjects, and some of it will be outreach. Uh, there will be doctrine messages. You know, there's a, there's a whole world, not just, not just lost people, but, but church folks, religions that don't know how many gods there are. They don't know how to baptize. If they do, they don't. These kind of doctrinal subjects, and of course, you know, we'll teach our new life class. Some of you have been through it three or four times already, but we've got new people who have never been through it, and we may get to teach that. It just teaches the principles and the basics of Christianity and some truths that most religions have just left out. I don't know how people can feel like they can just skip places throughout the Bible because the Bible clearly says if you, if you add to or take away, he said, that's what's going to happen to you in your punishment. That's going to be added or taken away from you, all right? So we don't have a license just to change whatever we're uncomfortable with, all right? And so these things are going to be happening here, and we'll tell you more about it a little later. But I want you to be looking forward. We'll have certain subject that you're going to be interested in, and uh, <clears throat> you'll be equipped to do this. And, of course, we're going to focus on prayer. Amen. He said, my house shall be called the house of prayer. I'll just tell you right now, I know we've had prayer here, and we do it. Listen, prayer is not having a powerful music service and worship. That's not what prayer is. Now, some of us, we like a runaway. That's why we like Sunday services, because it's just, just wild and crazy. I don't want it to be that, because it's not what prayer is. Prayer is hunkering down somewhere Amen. And calling on the name of the Lord. Amen. To save our neighbors and save our lost children. Amen. And, and co-workers and, and, and students that we go to school with. That's what prayer is. All right. All right. Now we can shout. We can shout after the prayer and rejoice in faith. And these things we ought to know. Some folks think our prayer is kind of dead. I don't care what people think is dead. Listen, I want prayer to be prayer. And we won't worship, but see, we in most churches, you know, you get the you get the user friendly. There's no excuse not to be friendly. Okay, I'm not saying omit friendliness, but but we're gonna make it so easy on people. We're gonna lower the standards so much that you can't tell when people are in or out of the church. Doesn't matter. You can come to church in your pajamas or in your flip flops or your cutoffs. And listen, anybody's welcome in this church. All right, just clarify that. I don't want anybody to leave here and say, well, the pastor wants us all to wear a suit and tie. No, I'm not saying that at all. Anybody can come in here. But you know a guy that wears a suit on his job and a tie all week and then comes to church in his flip-flops, I don't like that. I, don't, I think that's disrespectful to the house of God. But that's what's being taught, and we want to just be straight on that, okay? So if anybody comes in here in flip-flops, amen, or cut off, hey, that's okay. That's fine. All right, you're going to say, well, there's a, there's a pastor against. No, he's not. Amen. But folks who do have suits and wear it, it's like the guy that we took to court that time. The guy was the sloppiest, slouchiest. Not only did he wear sweatpants and tennis shoes to, to church, but they were dirty and stained. But he had to go to court for something. He wanted me to go. That was one of the worst mistakes I made. Bad decision. Went and picked him up at their house. Man, he looked like a Philadelphia lawyer. I thought, where's all those nice clothes, amen, that he could wear? He could wear that to church, but he disrespects the house of God by wearing trashy, dirty clothes. So anyway, just teaching and, you know, just principles that we all need to know. Some of y'all here in the church know all the stuff that I have to say, but, but there's folks who don't, and so we're going to have a great time. I want you to be a part of that. Sign up for it, amen, because guess what? 
you're going to be teaching Bible studies to somebody. Amen. That's the, that's the hope that we have here. Hallelujah. I could preach a while just on the things that we want to do and we're going to do. Amen. But we need God's help, so the prayer's got to, we got to push on that little bit. Amen. But we have to understand something here. Amen. We have to, under, we have to understand this. <clears throat> that no one called of God is completely capable to carry out that calling. <clears throat> you not, you never will. You never will learn enough. Amen. Paul asked a question. I love this little scripture. The, the last part of 2 Corinthians 2 and 16, the last part of that scripture, he said, and who is sufficient for these things? What, what, he was, what he was saying is who is worthy? Who is qualified? Who can pull this off without God? So that's how we want to learn all we can, study all we can. Amen. But we, all, we also know this, that we are we're never going to be just totally ready for everything that comes our way. So we have to depend and we have to trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. So get ready for this coming year. I want you to buy in. I want you to be a part of it. Hallelujah. Amen. In the book of 1 Corinthians, now I'm going to do my, my little thing here, and then we're going to be this evening, though that's what most of you came here for, and we want to serve you. Amen. If you'd like to stand for the reading of the word, just a short, just a short reading, and then we're going to have Pastor come up right after I preach, and he'll read the scripture in totality here. Amen. 1 Corinthians 11, verses 23 and 24. This is Paul writing. He said, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Amen. God bless you. you may be seated. Hallelujah. In other words, Jesus simply said he wanted to be remembered, amen, for this one particular thing. Do you know we don't even really know, we don't remember or we don't know for sure when Jesus was born. I know that we celebrate December the 25th, but scholars have studied these numbers and the calendars back and forth and, you know, and so we we feel like sometime in June or sometimes there's new, numerous dates, but it's kind of like a little bit of guesswork. But, but Jesus never said, remember my birth. He didn't say, please remember my miracles that I did all. Please remember. No, no, he said, he said, you just remember my broken body, my suffering, my broken, my bleeding body. Remember that. See, that was the ultimate sacrifice. He was a type of the lamb, or at least the lamb was a type of Jesus, whichever way you look at it, a type of the lamb of God, all right? And we'll just look in the scripture just a little bit, but he said, just remember my broken body, amen, and remember my blood. Now, he, he, he didn't want us to forget that he suffered and he died for us. He gave it all up for you. He gave it all up for me. Hallelujah. Remember that when you're about to take the wine and the bread. Amen. But I always like to bring this out, and you've, some of you have heard me say this for years, but this is the message. Amen. The cross was not an afterthought of God. It, it, it was not some emergency plan because everything had gone haywire. No, it was the precise plan of God. Revelation 13 and 8, notice what it said. Amen. He was slain from the foundation of the world. How, would, how did that happen? Because God the Father created the whole world, and then Jesus came along, God in flesh, later. So how was it? And he wasn't, obviously, he wasn't slain. No, no, no. No, in the plan of God, he was slain from the foundation of of the, from the very beginning, amen. I'm happy to report to you that God <coughs> was not caught off guard at man's transgression in the Garden of Eden, but there was a lamb in mind, in the mind of God, before anyone ever sinned, before anybody ever messed up, amen. That's just the God that we serve, amen. He's omniscient, he's omnipotent, he's omnipresent, 
Hallelujah. I can pray for somebody right here, amen, that lives in California, amen, and God hears my prayer here, and he can bless them over there. <coughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I can pray in the middle of the night, amen, with nobody around, and God hears me, amen, and he understands me, and he cares about me, and he blesses somebody across the ocean somewhere, Amen. This is, what, this is what the enemy doesn't want us to understand. Amen. He wants us to feel like it's just something that we, this is the, this is the statement of the way. All I could do was pray like that's the very last thing that we do. That's because of how we think about prayer and how little good it can do. That's, how, that's where that comes from. But when we start understanding what prayer can do, amen, what our God can do through prayer then it will be the very first thing that comes to mind when we're in trouble and when we're in need. You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking that something's going to come over this church. Amen. Another spirit of prophecy. I just feel like something's going to come over this church and we won't be the people that says, come to my church and get the Holy Ghost and get baptized. No, I feel like there's going to be people in McDonald's or whatever restaurant you want to go in, and somebody breaks down with tears and says, I've been searching for this. Just says, just, you know what? Why don't you just lift your hands right now? Amen. Or reach out and take me by the hand. I'm going to pray for you right now, and God's going to touch you right now. We don't have to wait till church. We can just get it right now. Hallelujah. Glory. You know what? I'll be... I'll be, I think like and preach like an evangelist just for a moment. We can have it right there. God can do it right there. But if God doesn't do something physical or visible right there, you know what God does? If we have faith, we just planted the seed. Amen. And, I, and listen, if we're going to use these analogies, we need to use them right. All right? Uh, there, was a, there was a meeting we had, a district meeting, and I was in charge of the meeting. Amen. And uh, uh, it was... It was I was in charge of that service. It was a men's meeting, amen. And, and the guy preached, at, but, but we had folks that thought they were supposed to be falling in the altar and weeping or shouting or running the aisles or repenting or whatever, and nothing happened. It was just, but the Holy Ghost moved on me, and, it, and I, said, I said, gentlemen, listen, we are people of faith. And when I plant my little garden over here, you know, and I put the seed in the ground, I'm not surprised if they don't come up the same day. But I have faith that when you drop that seed in there, a few days later, depending on what kind of seed it is and the, and the temperature and the moisture that's in the ground, amen, if it's right, I'm, I'm pretty sure, amen, the peas or the beans or the okra or whatever it is is going to come up. So when we preach the word, whether it's in this church or whether you're in McDonald's, when we pray the prayer and say, my brother, my sister, I'm just going to call the name that's above every name over you right now. I'm taking authority over things. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless your family. I'm going to speak it. <laughs> then don't be surprised. Then don't be, if you have faith, you won't be surprised when somebody says, Man, last week or two weeks ago when you prayed for me, something happened to me. God opened the door. God healed the sickness. God brought my son home or my daughter home. Amen. God blessed my grandchild. Hey, listen, and you're the one who gives the credit to whoever you want to. See, that's left up to you. That's a choice. That's whether you love or hate. That's a choice. Whether you're prejudiced or you're not prejudiced, that's a choice you have. All right? So when something happens, you can say, oh, yeah, that was probably already going to happen. You know, listen, we pray for people all the time. We had a lady who used to sit right over here. Amen. Went to the doctor. They did the tests and the x-rays. She had this huge mass. All the doctors, a whole team of doctors, you know, it's cancer. You know, we have to do surgery immediately, and we got to take care of that because you have, how do you know? Because we've seen a lot of it. We know what it looks like. She prayed, was prayed for right here. Some of you prayed for her and laid hands on her right here. And her husband, she went back to the doctor, amen, and then they did the test again at her request, and there was nothing in there, okay? Here's what her husband said. 
this is normal. This is how the carnal mind works. The carnal mind works like, well, we thought she had cancer, you know, but hey, you know, she did. I said, no, 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 listen to me. She did have cancer. The doctors were right. But the church prayed like the church supposed to do with faith, amen, and she had some faith, and God healed that. That's how it's supposed to work. Hallelujah. I claim it. I claim a revival. I claim healings. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother Green, I claim healing in your body. You know what? There's some carnal minds. There's some carnal minds, carnal minds that's had you in the grave two or three years ago. I'm not letting up. No. Amen. You know, he's got a little age. He's older than I am, by the way. (laughs) But he looks good. He said that right. I believe you. But, you know, it would be easy for us to say, well, you know, he, he's getting on up and I just you give in to that. No, 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 no. That's God's place to do that. We, we, can't, be, we can't be judging that. I saw somebody on, I saw somebody on the news the other day. It was 100, over a past 100, a few years past 100. Looked almost as good as us. <laughs> I mean, listen, but let's, let's just be apostolic. Let's be Holy Ghost. Amen. Let's be faith, folks. Yeah, you know what? You know what? You're going to pray for folks that they don't get the healing. That's, that's, that's between them and God. That's not our business. We can't heal anybody. We can't bless anybody. We can't do much. We just kind of preach the word. But God can do all things. Amen. God can do it. Hallelujah. Amen. Folks, listen. Listen, the price, the supreme, you can be seated. The the supreme sacrifice has been made already. Victory already belongs to us. It's not like we have to come in here and beg God. I say this pretty often, but but I was raised in Pentecostal. I started in a little Pentecostal church, a little small, you know, and we didn't know very much about revival. It was happening, and a bunch of us were receiving the, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We just knew the scriptures was there. Amen, and, 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 you know, we just believed it, and it happened, all right? But, but, but we had a lot of negativism around. We didn't even know it was negative. We had people that would just whine, oh, Jesus, help us, Jesus. I think it makes God, up, it upsets God when we, he said, this is a gift I want to give you, my child, my son, my daughter, the one I love, the one I died for, and we start whining for stuff. You ever hear a kid that whine? Oh, you, we had kids that get in the habit of whining, and they, and they didn't have to beg. They didn't have to whine, but they just got in the habit of whining. It might have got them a little more. I don't know. What they, I don't, but I don't think we get anywhere with God when we whine. We have it in our, Billy Cole used to teach that. You know, we said, don't, don't, you know, don't be whining to God. Oh, God, please give me a miracle. Oh, please. Yeah. No. Billy Cole used to say, you say it from way down in here. In Jesus' name, you say it with authority. You say it with power. Amen. And you release the presence of God on folks. Amen. The blessings of God and the help that God provides. You do it. Amen. Amen. And take the wine out. Just threw that in, all right? Won't charge you anything extra for that. Amen. Amen. But see the cross on down the line. Amen. After, you know, after Jesus suffered and died. But see, the cross was the answer to, the, to that problem. All of the sin that was in the world. Amen. On, on the cross, he expressed his, he was expressing his intolerance for sin. Amen. While at the same time, revealing his love for the sinner. Hallelujah. Listen, it's our duty and our obligation to treat everybody right. I already mentioned it. Anybody can come to this. We had a drunk lady here one time, drunk. And I mean drunk, drunk. Highly intoxicated. I think we had Sister Sue and Sister Debbie. We had, hey, we let her sit on the front row right here. I said, just sit her down right there. I'm going to preach. You ever, you ever hang around? Listen, you can't have any fun around a drunk person unless you just get drunk with them. That's the only way it can be tolerable. I mean, because, you know, they just, like, worry you to death. Just won't shut up. I think, hold it, I got the mic. (laughs) 
but, but even drunk people were there. Hey, and she wanted, then she wanted to sit up here. She wanted to get right there. I said, no, you can't sit right there. Sit right there. Somebody said, why didn't you? She wouldn't hurt anything. I said, no. The next thing she wanted to be is on the platform, and then she'd want the mic. <laughs> so you, you just see those little steps, and you just cut them off early. Like, no, you can't sit up here. Sit right there. Somebody get her, help her over there. Amen. That's, why, that's, how, that's how drunks do. So, so, no, anybody can come to church here if they'll behave themselves. We had one drunk that was here, drunk, you know. <laughs> he wanted to testify. We let him testify. Okay, testify. Then he wanted to testify again. I said, no, 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 sit down. And then we had a police officer come. It was years ago. I had a police officer came to me. Listen, people don't know how you're going to handle this. That's why some churches, large churches, won't let you get in the aisle like we did, won't let you shout, won't let you do this. You just you can lay, you can raise your hand and you might can clap your hands real if you're in order, but you know what that tells me about them? You got weak leaders. You got scared leaders. They afraid it might get away. Listen, we pray for it to get away from us. Don't worry. There's some authority on this platform, and any person up here, and maybe even somebody could say, hey, 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 sit down, sir, sit down, ma'am, sit down. We're gonna preach right now and change the order of the service just like that, right there. All right. That, there's no fear. Amen. While people are worshiping, and sure, somebody's going to get out of order. Sure, you're going to have a little wildfire. Let me tell you something. I'd rather have a little wildfire than no fire. All right? I'd rather it get out of order just a little bit and us have to deal with it than have zero fire. Hallelujah. So people can come here in any condition that they are. But the, I was going to tell you about the, the guy testi- wanting to testify. But the police officer came and he was a little, he said, Pastor, I re-, he hadn't been in church very long. He said, Pastor, I really, you handled that very well. He, because, see, he was ready to come up. He, was, he had his badge and all, and he was ready to take over. But he didn't have to. There's authority in this place. There's authority in this place. The power of the Holy Ghost gives us that authority. So we're not afraid of drunks. We're not afraid of people coming in. I'm reminded, of, and, I, and I'm way off my sermon, but I just, when I do this, I just feel like, I feel like Brother Jerry, God wants to say something to somebody in particular. There was a demon, there was a, a devil worshiper. Uh, it came to Brother, used to be our, our superintendent many years ago, and uh, he was, you know, in the church he pastored at that time. Actually, it was before he was a superintendent. But they, there were some people going to shut him down because they were, they had all this group of people that believed in demonic possession and when that does happen we believe in that too all right but we just don't let it take control of us but they was going to come in and they were praying to the devil to shut down the Pentecostals and all the praise and the preaching and the shouting well unbeknownst to Brother Urshan while he was preaching and he was a very dignified man and he didn't very seldom ever leave the pulpit you know very not very often he just preached from right there but that day for some reason he had no idea they had sent the guy the special guy all right, he had all the power with satanic authority. And, and the guy sat right down close and, and Brother Urshan got to preaching about like we're preaching here today and talking about the power of God. They got to walking down the aisle and the guy was right. He had no idea the guy was possessed. He just preached right on down and he normally didn't touch people but he had his hand on the guy's shoulder. Amen, preaching about the power of Jesus. Hallelujah, what Jesus can do. The guy, guess what? The guy froze up. You know why? Because the devil has no authority and no power. Amen. Not in here, not with you, and not with me. So don't be afraid of that. Don't let fear take over you. Hallelujah. And it's not like somebody pointed the guy out to Brother Urshan because he may not have gotten near him because he's human too. But he didn't know God had authority, and God knew, and God said, hey, watch this. I'm going to show you something, devil. Amen. It's just the power of God with my hand on you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Y'all know my feelings about demon possession. Folks, Pentecostal people, this is weird. This is, Pastor, listen, you understand this. Amen. I've preached it for years. Amen. But I've been in all kind of churches where Pentecostal, Holy Ghost people get frightened out of their wits when they got one little demonic person around. Amen. They take their kids out. They put Bibles on them. Uh, they, they get out of the room and they do all kind of fearful stuff. I never read in the Bible where anybody did that for Paul and Jesus or anybody. You no. Know, he just said, I, they would say things like, I command you. 
in the name of Jesus to come out of him or her. And guess, the devil has no, I mean, he can't do anything about it. He has to obey, all right? Don't, don't be doing that. Don't be afraid of Satan. Hallelujah. He's weak. Amen. He's pretty dumb. Amen. Pretty dumb. He was already in heaven and got kicked out. That's pretty bad. And we're trying to get there. He's all, he was already there and messed up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. On the day of atonement, amen. You got to understand the principle here. Amen. They needed a lamb. But on the day of atonement in the Old Testament, and remember the Old Testament is our schoolmaster. Don't throw the Old Testament away, all right? You can find baptism in the Old Testament. You can find, you know, the power of the Holy Ghost in the Old Testament. And all of these things are all back there. But on the Day of Atonement in the Old Testament, the high priest would gather all the people at the temple. They couldn't go in, but they were, you know, they were, they just get so far. And he would transfer the sins of the people upon a little lamb. Hallelujah. The high priest always, and I like to bring this point out because you have a lot of judgmental people are looking around, all right? But the high priest examined the lamb. But, but please notice, he never examined the people. When the line starts today and we come down and, and the ladies help us and they serve us the wine and the bread, the unleavened bread, <clears throat> it's part of our human nature. We see folks that won't make a commitment, Brother Green. We see people who maybe still cussing a little bit and lying a little bit, and you know who knows what they, you know, they just not just not sold out. And we, and in our mind, it's we're like, what what are they doing taking the communion? <laughs> because the Bible said, if you eat and drink unworthily, you eat and drink damnation to your soul. <laughs> but what are they doing? But see, that's, <clears throat> but but the priest, if we're going to go by this, all right, and we are. He never examined the people. But see, we'll lean that way if we're not careful, all right? But he examined the lamb, amen. He wasn't, really it didn't seem like he was very concerned about the magnitude of their sins because here's what he knew. He knew that if the lamb was perfect, and of course the lamb couldn't be sick, it couldn't have a blemish on it, couldn't have a sore on it, if you don't know about lambs and sheep, that's what they do have. You ever been around herds of sheep? Okay, they have all kind of stuff, you know, and they're dirty. They're not the white little fluffy thing that the picture shows. Okay, they they smell bad. Okay, lambs. Okay, but 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 if he had a perfect lamb, Amen. No matter what the sin was, that perfect lamb could take care of it. That's, that's the real way we ought to look. That's the proper way to look at this situation. It's not whether I'm holy enough, whether I've been good enough, whether I've paid my tithes or not, whether I've, been, you know, none of that, okay? All of that's good and all that's biblical, but, but that's not all, that's not what God looks at, okay? So, so we have not come here to look at you and examine you or anybody else, amen? We've not come to judge anyone, Amen. We know that we are all sinners, and we're, if, if we are saved, it will simply be, amen, the grace, only the grace of God, amen, will do this. And, and, and I'm so glad that we can present a perfect lamb. Hallelujah. Amen. Nobody perfect. In fact, the Bible tells us to mark that perfect one. Who is that? Only one perfect I know is Jesus Christ. He was and is God manifested in flesh. And so he's the perfect lamb of God. Remember John the Baptist baptizing people under repentance? Amen. And Jesus came along and all those crowds of people, remember what John called him? He said, behold, the lamb. Jesus hadn't, hadn't been really introduced yet, okay? Amen. He said, behold, the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. John knew who he was, all right? Hallelujah. He was the lamb of, in other words, the lamb that was supposed to be killed, all right, and crucified, and that's exactly what happened. Amen. One more point that is so very vital and needed. Paul points out in 1 Corinthians 11 and 3 concerning the Lord's Supper. He says that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And why did he, why did he bring out, why did he use the betrayal 
And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. The interesting point in verse 23 is how Paul put two important things together. The night he was betrayed, he took bread. What Paul was doing here was drawing attention to the greatest possible contrast of the day. Amen. The night he was betrayed, he was sold out. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. He spread it. That same night is what Paul was bringing out. He spread a table of forgiveness and of cleansing. He washed the disciples' feet that same night in an act of humility. I mean, could, could we discern, amen, that part of God? Could we discern his body, amen, the Lord's body, amen, and his blood? That's what Paul wants us to see. That's what God wants us to see, that broken, bloody body. Hallelujah. Same night he was betrayed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what we're about to do here, amen, in our spirit could we feel his pain? We literally don't, we're not crucified, so, you know, Jesus did that. But in our spirit, could we feel his love and forgiveness right in the face of being betrayed and sold for 30 pieces of silver? Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11.30 that the church in Corinth did not discern the Lord's body, and he said because of that, he said many of them were weak and sick. All right? But 1 Corinthians 11, 24 and 33, and when he had given thanks, he break it, said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Hallelujah. And while we're getting ready, uh, Sister Debbie and whoever's helping you, and the, maybe we could dim the lights just a little bit uh, here. And boy, we'll do this <clears throat> after Pastor reads a scripture is that we will come down and you'll be served. You'll be handed the bread and the wine and then you could not take it right now, okay? I want us to do all this together. And like just like we do the offering maybe and we'll go in and we'll just hold it and, uh, and we'll take it all together once we all have it, okay? Uh, parents, uh, you be the deciding uh, factor here on whether your children, whatever age they are, I don't care, okay? It's up to you, okay? Uh, you decide whether your children receive the communion or not. I, I won't have any problem with that if the parents decide to uh, allow your small children. Amen. I, I, I would rather them be a little older where they can discern this. I don't want them to think it's just some party and some plaything. So parents, you help us out with this right here, all right? And anybody is welcome to do this. Uh, guest, you're welcome to do this. Hallelujah. And we do it in remembrance of the Lord. Hallelujah. Pastor's coming right now while y'all are getting ready. And uh, if you're not up here working at all, just pay close attention right here. All right, first, first, Corinthians, first Corinthians 11, 23 through 26. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus the same night in, in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, this do ye as oft as ye drink, as oft as ye drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Let's bow our heads and pray, and then when uh, we'll just pray a little while, and when you uh, you can start lining up when you want to, but let's just close our eyes and pray a little while.
feel like that you're not ready for this, uh, let's just pray a little while. Amen. You can't get ready on your own. Hallelujah. Not qualified, not capable. Amen. So let's ask God to help us. If you've committed sins, repent. Please, God, forgive us of every sin, every trespass. Amen. Anything, God, that we have done or said, hallelujah, things we don't know we've done, amen, that are against your will, in Jesus' name, hallelujah, help us, God. We're carnal, we're undone, we're so unlike you, hallelujah, we need you tonight, God, we need you, we need your hand upon us, in the name of Jesus, we're dependent upon you, Lord, our hope, our help, we know is in you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I trust I trust that you're believing God for his help. Hallelujah. I want to read the scripture on down a little bit further. And then uh, Pastor Chad read a little bit further, just, just so it, might, it may help somebody. Wherefore, whosoever, verse 27, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the blood and the body of the Lord. This scripture is what stops people in their tracks if they don't get the rest of the story. You have to get the gist of what God is saying. Uh, you know, the, the, the truth of the matter is none of us are worthy. And none of, none of us, no matter what we do, how holy we live, how much we prayed, and it, we, we could never be worthy, all right? Just so you understand that. But, but Paul is very clever with the way he wrote things. He could, he could get you in between a rock and a hard spot. That was the whole purpose because he didn't want them to do this lightly. He didn't want them to just drift in here because what they were doing in, in the Corinthian church, they were actually having a party. It was such a big thing, and some of them apparently were, being, were intoxicated. All right, Paul was scolding them just prior to this about this. But here's what he said after he said, we're unworthy. But verse 28 says, I'm going to give you a little way through this. He says, but let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. Let me tell you about the rock and the hard spot. He said, if you eat and drink unworthily, you eat and drink damnation to your soul. Some of you right now are like, well, I don't know if I want to go. I don't know. Well, see, that's how we think, okay? But he also said, if you don't do this, you have no part with me. There's the rock and the hard spot. You, got, you have to do it. So he gives you the answer, all right? Let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are sick, are weak and sick, you know, uh, among you, and many sleep. In other words, people have no spirituality, no spiritual concept of anything. They're just carnal, okay? For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged, okay? In other words, he's saying, you examine yourself, judge yourself, all right? See if you're right or wrong, okay? But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. And that's what we're doing right now. Amen. We're not rushing into this. Hallelujah. Amen. If it's, if it's proper, amen, you could reach over and touch somebody, hold hands with somebody, put your hand on somebody's shoulder. Amen. We're going to do that one for another. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Amen. Just for the next just minute or two here. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. God, only you, man, can forgive sins. Only you, Lord, hallelujah, can give the kind of blessing and the forgiveness that we need today. In Jesus' name, we are your vessels. We are your sons and daughters. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're here to serve you. We're here to serve your people. We're here to bless in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Please forgive us. Amen. Make us as worthy as we possibly can be. Amen. To drink this blood, amen, and eat this flesh in the name of the Lord Jesus, in the name of the Lord. Bless my brother. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Everybody said amen. Amen. Let's stand together right now. Hallelujah.
Praise God. I think we might have some music, background music. Amen. In remembrance of the Lord. Hallelujah. If you'll begin to make your way, you'll begin to make your way around right now. And uh, amen. And go ahead and line up down the aisle. It'll be okay right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Go ahead with that. Thank you, Jesus. Remember, just take it and take it back to the seat with you. Okay, go ahead. Brother Thompson, amen. His, his blood and his body. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Brother Green, his blood and his body. body and his blood. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. His blood and his body. While they're rewinding that, amen, we'd like to say this. We do not believe, yeah, we do not believe that this is the actual body and blood, amen, as some, some 
actually believe it turns into the real blood. We just believe this is wine and this is broken, unleavened bread and it is a type, amen, it is symbolic of the flesh and the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody receive the bread and the wine that wants to receive it. Amen. Still have more left. Amen. And we will we will wait. Amen. Let's go. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So glad you came. Amen. This is just one part, amen, and this is a type, remember this is a type, amen, the bread is broken, it's not cut, type of Jesus' broken body, it's unleavened, amen, no sin, amen, in this bread or this type of the, the body, amen, this is real wine, some take grape juice, that's fine, that's okay, that's okay with me. Hallelujah. I have taken grape juice before, so just warning some of you who maybe never tasted wine or is not a, not a, a wine drinker. I'm not a wine drinker either, but we do receive the real wine, amen, as the blood of Jesus Christ. Let's pray one more time, amen. And I, I don't know how to tell you how to do this, but think of his broken body, the blood that he shed for the whole world, amen. It covers our sins, Amen. He had power to do different, but he did not. He surrendered to death on the cross. Hallelujah. God, thank you, Lord. Help us, God, with this. Help us, God, to discern, discern, amen, your pain, your brokenness, your suffering. Amen. In Jesus' name, we do it in remembrance of you. Let's do this together right now. If you're ready, amen, let's just do it together. Take the bread, amen and the wine. Praise the Lord, everybody. That was kind of weak. That sounded like a Methodist church right there. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, Jesus, glory, Jesus. Glory, Jesus. I need a little help up here, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, I'm claiming those promises. I'm claiming the blessings. I'm claiming supernatural help. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know what? I think, I think we've talked about some serious stuff here, and it's up to you whether you receive it or not or take it this serious or not. But I, I, I don't know about you, but I just think it might be time to celebrate right now, Sister Kim. Hallelujah. Anybody want to celebrate? Amen. God dug us out of the muck and the mire. Got some of us out of false doctrine. Hallelujah. He's blessed us in spite of us. Hallelujah. Amen. He's filled us with the Holy Ghost. We've been to the water. We've been baptized. Had our sins washed away. Come on. That's all right. Let's celebrate. Hallelujah. 
in water, amen, plunged, buried in water, and had the name of the Lord Jesus Christ called over you, and you'd like to do that today, amen, we'd be happy, amen, to accommodate you, amen, anybody in the house, baptism is not salvation, baptism is a vital part of God's plan of salvation, you can get baptized and just go right on and be lost. Baptism alone doesn't do it, okay? Amen. But there's no plan of salvation in the Bible, amen, without baptism. It's just part of it. Repent, that's part of it. Jesus said, unless ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. He judged them pretty harsh. Okay. All right, so baptism, amen, is a repentance is part of it. Peter said, repent, following just what Jesus said, and be baptized, every one of you. Didn't leave anybody out. Amen. For the remission of sins. So baptism of water is good and warm today. Some of you got in the other week and uh, immediately got in stammering lips. And uh, Sister Melissa told me, was counting up the people who received the Holy Ghost, and she honestly said, well, Bishop, I don't know if they really got it, if it was just the cold water, but they were in stammer lips, so we don't want to claim anybody that didn't really get it. Hallelujah. But baptism is a part. Uh, if you don't do it today, I want you to be thinking about it. I remember, and I, I'll tell this little short story. Our oldest daughter, Laura, was just a little girl. We pastored in the church down south many years ago, and she came to me and she said, I think she was about six, and she said, Dad, I want you to baptize me. And, and I, she said, uh, I want to get the Holy Ghost, and, and I want you to baptize. I said, well, baby, you can, you can get the Holy Ghost. They did actually get the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost before they were baptized. And so you can get the Holy Ghost, and then Daddy will baptize. She said, no, Dad, no, Daddy. And she quoted Acts 2.38. She said, the Bible said, repent. And this is how she said it. Then be baptized. Then get the Holy Ghost. I said, okay, baby. So we went down to the lake, down by my mom and dad, and we waded out into the water. And I baptized my six-year-old in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of her sins. I'm pretty sure she didn't have a lot of sins at six years old. Amen. But at least 
we did what the Bible said. So that is what it says. No matter who tells you otherwise, that is the plan. And that's the beginning. That is the day. Amen. The birthday of the church is in Acts chapter 2. Hallelujah. That's what all the suffering was about. That's what the blood was about. Amen. And so please let us know. Wave your hand. Do something at some point. Or pull us aside. Grab an elder. Amen. Or one of our hosts and say, hey, I want to be baptized. We'll arrange that. We have nice robes for you to put on. Amen. And we'll get you under. And like we always say, we very seldom lose one. You know, we always get them back up, you know. So we promise you. Hallelujah. Amen. Again. Okay. Okay, if you have if you have baptismal towels that you took to wash, please bring them back. Amen. We use those towels here. Thank you. Amen. Again, it's so good to see all of you. And by the way, we had people out of town last week. Our pastor is away, and his wife was out of town. Uh, several of us, several others were out of town. And Sister Carol, so good. You've been out of town about two or three months, I think. Amen. Glad to have you back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Others, others, others out. Uh, amen. Uh, out of town holidays or work or whatever. So good to see you. Let's get ready. Let's get ready for a brand new year. Amen. Now, one more thing. One more thing. All right. We, we always do a, we used to do 40 days of fasting with one meal a day every January. Sister Debbie and I were talking uh, earlier that, that we can't come up with a good time. I've got board meetings all this next week. I was trying to work around, you can't, you know, then we'll go into Valentine's Day, you name it, you know, 30 days, 30 days of one meal a day. Again, this is voluntary, you do, you volunteer for this, amen. I'm going to start on Tuesday, uh, for me personally. Uh, If you don't get it Tuesday, listen, somebody says, boy, that's kind of a lukewarm, you know, we used to fast three days, five days, seven days, nothing but water, okay. Uh, and it, it seems kind of weak. Listen, you try it. See how, see how easy it is. All right, to do one meal a day, but but it's a, such a disciplinary thing you do for yourself. That's why we don't demand it. We don't pop the whip. You know, we just no, no, no. See what you can do and see how hard it is, how tough it is. It will help you discipline yourself. It don't purchase you anything from God. Amen. But it gets you in line. It helps you discipline. Let's listen. Along with you losing weight getting in shape, just add the fast to it. It's okay, this is what we're going to do, this is what we're not going to do. Now listen, this fast, you can eat anything you want, but you just take about one hour and you eat whatever you want in that. But after that, you stop, you don't eat till the next day. It could be breakfast, don't eat till tomorrow breakfast. It could be lunch, just eat every day at lunch. It could be supper, be dinner time. Eat anything you want. Eat a steak, eat potato chips. If you find a Twinkie during the day, you're like, ooh, I want that. Just take that Twinkie and just set it on the table. And say, yeah, that Twinkie right there, I'm going to get that Twinkie when my time comes. I'm going to eat that. With anything else, you, it's how you do it, see. <laughs> We're going to liberalize it a little bit more. If you drink coffee in the morning or tea, drink your coffee. All right, drink plenty of water. And if you forget and you mess up, don't say, oh, man, I just messed up. Man, that got you. No, 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 that didn't get you off the hook. Just start the next day. If you don't get but 20 days, if you don't get but 10 days, it's that much. That's the whole, that's, why, that's how we designed it, where we'd have more people that would tell you. If we just said we're going to have a 30-day fast, bless God, we're going to be holier than anybody in the district. You know, God's going to pour out because we're working hard and being, no, no. Listen, we wouldn't, have a, we wouldn't have a half a dozen of you join with us. You wouldn't do it. But if I'm doing it like this, at least if I get you into part of this, we'll be disciplined somewhat and you'll feel like we're, and that's what we want. We want to feel like we're, we don't want like three or four real spiritual people here and nobody can touch them. Ooh, they're spiritual. No, we're all together in this thing. You're a part of this. You're doing just what I'm doing. Amen. So I'm starting the very first. Hey, guess what? If you wait, if you wait, guess what? To do your 30 days, that's that much longer you have to wait to eat. 
Hey, hey, my first day of February, I'll be eating. <laughs> See? So you need to jump on board, all right? God bless you. Amen. Love every one of you. Shake hands and be friendly with each other. Amen. You're dismissed.